You know, what you're looking at is really something which is, uh, I think the, the proper English word is incredulous. What you're looking at is a desperate attempt of the Satan to stop Trump. And it, it's astounding to what extent uh, he's trying to do that. Because a second term of Trump will destroy the Satan. And, and that is why it'll... Uh, it's, because we see what is Trump doing so far. I mean, he's, we, we see that Yishmael, the whole what's called clip of Yishmael is ending. And slowly, one after the other, is going to either ally or wants to ally itself with Israel. You see. Which, of course, is uh, exactly what the Satan doesn't want. And not only that, but um, when Trump becomes the president for a second term, then he will really affect terribly the United States based on what the Satan wants. So it's amazing to watch to what lengths the Satan will go to stop him. And that's really what you're seeing. And uh, the interesting thing about it is, you know, how, you know, <clears throat> this whole concept of the elections, the, uh, the accepting ballots, which are mail-in ballots, opens up the whole election for incredible fraud. And that's really what you're seeing, is the fraud of what's happening now. In fact, one of the things which I heard is, for instance, Wisconsin, which they say is, went for Biden, right? But the amazing thing is that there's only, I think, 3.1 million registered voters in Wisconsin, yet the amount of ballots that were cast was like 3.2 million. So there are more ballots cast in Wisconsin than there are people who are even registered. So obviously something is very wrong here, you see, because there are ballots that don't belong to be ballots. They should not be legally accepted. And it's not only true of Wisconsin, but I think it's also true of Michigan and other states, you see. So what is happening is that clearly they are trying to, the Democrats or the radical left, they're trying to deny Trump another term. And that's really, behind it all, of course, is the Satan, of course, like I said, who's trying to deny all of it uh, to, to Trump. And uh, yeah, hopefully, of course, they won't succeed. Because, yeah, because what's interesting is that we see that God protects Trump. He made him president in 2016, which was an open miracle. He protected him against the entire... Russian collusion hoax against this guy, Bob, uh, what do you call it, um, Mueller. Then he protected him against the impeachment. And then there are so many other things that we see God protects Trump because the Satan is trying to destroy him. This is nothing more than another attempt of the Satan to destroy Trump. Because the second term of Trump will be much worse for the Satan than the first, first uh, uh, term. And in the second term, he's really going to go forward in terms of allowing the Jewish people, Eretz Israel, to get back the whole of the land of Israel 
to Trump, uh, to excuse me, to uh, to the Jewish people, uh, and of course uh, to ally the Arabs with Israel. And there are so many things that will change as a result of that. So we are not right now looking at an incredible attempt of the Satan to the Democratic Party to deny Trump a second term. But uh, we have not seen, obviously, the end. And uh, hopefully what will happen is when it does get to the Supreme Court, then, of course, they will side with Trump and he will be elected for a second term. And in that second term, uh, I think what Trump is going to do is really go after all these people, all those people that try to destroy him, you see, after Biden and his corrupt son that have committed basically treason because they sold out to China, and China is an enemy of America. And that's basically... It may not be legally treason, but it's certainly treasonous, you see. But it's not only these people. He's going to fire, you know, the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray. He's going to do a lot of things and really go after all those people that try to create a hoax against him with the FISA court. And I think he's going to be unleashed in the second term and really clean what's called clean the swamp. That's what's going to happen in the second term. And as a result of that, the Satan obviously is going absolutely crazy to deny him the presidency. So we really, in many ways, have to have bitachon. We have to, obviously, God is in charge and not the Satan. And we have to, uh, you know, sit back and watch as God will come to the defense of Trump. Because I, I don't believe that the uh, Biden will be the president of the United States. It makes absolutely no sense, and it is contrary, in my, as far as I see, to the entire divine plan. Uh, because if you think about it, there are so many things that Biden will do. Because Biden will not only, first of all, the main thing, is, of course, is that Biden is, of course, uh, he's demented. He has dementia which gets worse by the day. So how can he be the president? So therefore, he obviously cannot lead America. So the ones who will lead America is not him. It's the radical left behind him. You know, the whole concept of Bernie Sanders and AOC, all of these people, and uh, this uh, uh, Ilhan Omar, uh, and so on. Uh, so therefore, they will lead him, and he will then make terrible decrees and collapse the United States' economy with his crazy budget. He's going to defund the police. Uh, he's going to take away cash bail, uh, which means that there will be a tremendous amount of criminals let out into the street, you see. He's going to allow illegal immigrants free education and free health care and he's going to allow them to enter the United States, um, and then he's going to impose again, bring back all the regulations. I mean, without going through the whole list, he's going to destroy the United States. And, of course, he's going to raise tax tremendously in order to come up with his crazy Green Deal. So, therefore, does it make sense that God wants to destroy the United States, especially in terms of what Trump has been doing for the Jewish people? Of course not. 
It makes no sense. And what Trump, what Biden would do is not just destroy the United States uh, and allow crime, lawless, no law and order, tremendous amount of crime, but Biden also, we, we know, would destroy the world. The whole world would, would be destroyed because the United States is the economic engine of the entire world. And if they collapse, everybody collapses with them. So certainly... It makes no sense that God wants the whole world to collapse. And besides all of this, of course, we know there'll be a tremendous rise in anti-Semitism because the radical left hates the Jews. So you're going to see a tremendous rise with hatred of the Jewish people in America, not only elsewhere. So that will also happen, you see. And besides that, they, of course, are tremendously anti-Israel. So they're going to impose real tremendous, terrible conditions that Israel has to have a, a, a two-state solution. And that's the only way they will accept giving any, you know, sponsorship or funds or trade with Israel. So that will be terrible for Israel, you see. And besides, we know that Biden will again, allow Iran, he will again enter into an agreement with Iran, and right now they are collapsing, and when he enters that agreement, of course, then Iran will rise. Not only Iran, but you'll have communist China, where Trump, where, where Biden anyway, is beholden to China, because he's been bribed by China. So China will grow tremendously in power, you see, because in many ways, the United States is the policeman of the entire world. <clears throat> There's a great deal of evil that would be done if the U.S. was not there. Then all these uh, people, criminals, and uh, really terrible, bad people, evil people, would uh, grow and proliferate throughout if the United States wasn't there to prevent that. So the United States prevents a great deal of evil that can be done in the world, you see. And when Biden is there, all of that will happen because Biden himself is an incredible crook. So the question that we ask ourselves, is this what God wants? To destroy the United States, collapse the world, and allow the enormous amount of evil, you see, to uh, to uh, to uh, grow? Nope, makes no sense at all. You see, and that, in many ways, is what's happening. You see, and uh, like I say, and I'm, I'm not even talking about the U.S. economy, where the economy itself will collapse. And besides, there'll be a lockdown. I mean, Biden's an idiot. He'll lock down the entire United States, um, you know, for weeks and weeks. And it'll really destroy the economy, you see. So that's really what you're seeing. You're seeing a tremendous attempt by the Sutton to allow or to convince people to deny Trump a second term. Because Trump, as the Toyshev Aesov, as the good part of Aesov, is really one of the worst things that the Sutton can do. So what we really have to do is sit back and 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 watch, watch the you know, show. 
how it looks like Biden will win and really sit back and watch and see, you know, the great miracle that God will pull off for Trump. And also, of course, for the Jews and the whole, the whole um, uh, agenda, you know, of the, of the, uh, the messianic redemption process. So that's, that's in many ways what seems to be happening now. I mean, the truth is, we could have anticipated this, that the Sutton will stop at anything, you know, he'll stop at, I should say, at nothing to destroy Trump. Because Trump's second term will be much worse for the Sutton than his first Trump. And look how many times he tried to stop Trump, as I said, you know, every which way. And his, of course, agents, his shlichem, are the radical left. And look how many different ways he tried to stop Trump. So this really is, really to, if you think about it, really to be expected. And not to be, and not, uh, to be surprised at what is happening. So that's what we, you really have to do, is sit back and watch how God will take over and stop the whole thing from happening. Anyway, that's my take. What is interesting also is that today is, or was, because it's a little after that, Yud Zion Chesron, Shiva also in Chesron, and the Torah, it's one of the few dates in the whole Torah, that was the day of the Mabul, today. Uh, and the Mabul, of course, which is the 17th day of, of Chesron, was the destruction of the entire world. The whole concept of Midas Hadin, Midat Hadin, the attribute of judgment, comes upon the world. You see, um, and I believe the problem here is what gives the Sutton such koyach, such ability and power to create such havoc, you see, with those people that want to help the Jewish people. And the problem is, is that there's a tremendous amount of corruption, immorality in America, you see. And therefore, in many ways, America... Is, uh, is guilty of those sins, you see. And as a result of that, the Sutton has the ability to destroy America. That's part of the, uh, the, uh, the armaments that he has, you see. Um, and, of course, today is the day of uh, the Midas Adin, uh, the attribute of justice, and therefore we see that. Because if God brings Biden on America... In effect, he will destroy America, you know. And that obviously is an incredible judgment against America, like I mentioned. It's a judgment against the entire world. And today, like I said, is the day of the Mabul, where the entire world was destroyed, <clears throat> you see. Uh, and it's going to be very bad. So we have to sit back and watch and, uh, of course, uh, hope that the divine plan will overcome any attempt to get rid of Trump. It's a very important idea. Okay, that's what I have to say about what's going on in to, uh, now and so on. <clears throat> now, speaking about the Mabul and the Yud Zion, last week I spoke about Yud Aleph Chesron, which of course is the Yod site of Rochel Imenu. 
And I wanted to speak a little about who is Rochel Imenu and what is her mission and why is that her mission. So I thought that would be important and very instructive. <clears throat> a lot of it starts with the whole concept of Yaakov and Esav. Yaakov and Esav, you see. Avraham Avinu, he exemplified the whole concept of Chesed that we know. Yitzchak exemplified the whole concept of what's called Gevura, which is strength. So the, the middle of the sphere, actually, of Gevura was uh, represented in many ways by Yitzchak. Now, there is another sphere, Mida, called Teferis. Teferis means beauty. And what Teferis is, it's, it is a balance between Chesed and Gvura. It's a middle. You have Chesed on the right, you have Gvura on the left, and in the middle, you have this, like, balancing of Teferis, which is Chesed on the right side of Teferis, Gvura on the left side of Teferis, you see, now, since Tferis is a middle Mida, middle Sphira, so in, in effect, Tferis really has a right side, like I said, and a left side. So therefore, the third Sphira, which is Tferis, was represented by two of us. Because there are really four of us, not three. There's Avram, Chesed, there's Yitzchak, which is Gvura, and there's Yaakov, which is Tferis, which we know. But since Tferis is a Mido or a Sphira, that is a middle one, then it itself has a right and a left. So the right side of Tferis is Yaakov Avinu, and the left side of Tferis is Esav. Most people do not realize like, that Esav is an Av. He was a patriarch, and he, both of them, did both of their jobs when they were born was to be able to bring a tikkun, a rectification to the creation. But they have really two different jobs, you see. Yaakov Avinu's job, the right side of Tferis, you see, is the concept of what's called Hispashtus Kedusha. Hispashtus Kedusha to increase tremendously holiness. And that's why Yaakov Avinu sat in his tent. He's a yeshiva holim, as the Torah says. Because his job was to bring down holiness in the form of learning. However, Esau's job, which is the less left side of Tiferes, his job, right, is called Kfiyasorah, to subdue evil. So Yaakov's job is the concept of holiness, to bring it down, to increase the amount of holiness in the world. Esau's job was to subdue and destroy the Sultan, you see. And the way Esau would do that is if that if he would be righteous, then the Sultan would be destroyed. And that's really why, you see. So Esau's job is called, that, that's why Yaakov is referred to as Yeshiva Yeholim, a dweller in tents, which means that Yaakov Avinu used to dwell in tents. He didn't go out, really. Uh, you know, and what that means is that he used to learn Torah. Torah. He dwelt in the tents 
and his job was to learn Torah. And Esau's job was an Ishsodeh, was a man of the field. What does that mean? That his job was really to go out into the world and to subdue the world by remaining a tzaddik, a righteous person, you see. So they really had two jobs, both in the middle, on the right and the left side of Tferes. So that's who Yaakov and Esav were. And that's why they were twins. They were twins because they were both, both avot. They were both ovois, you see. And as such, they were twins. And they were twins, like I said, because they both represented the middle sphere, which is called Tiferes. That was, therefore, the concept of Yaakov and Esav. So when you think about that, there were really four ovois. <clears throat> One was Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Esav. Now, the problem was, of course, Esav had his job. But what happened was, Esav, had he been a tzaddik, which he could have become, then he would have subdued the Satan. In fact, he would have annihilated the Satan. Because in order for Esav to destroy the Satan, he was connected to the Satan. He's connected to the Shurish, to the root of evil, so that when he does the job of what he has to do, then evil would be destroyed. And that's why he was connected to the Satan. The problem with Esav was, instead of, instead of remaining righteous and destroying the Satan, to which he was connected to, he joined the Satan he became a Russia, you see. And as a result of that, Esau, who was an Ov, has now become a tremendously, tremendous agent of the Sultan. So Esau, in many ways, is the story of an Ov that became evil, that became a Russia, which of course is astounding, because the Ovis was supposed to bring a Tikkun to the creation, and not fail, but Esav is the story of an Ov that failed to do his job. So what does God do? Because what you really need, you really need four of us, like I said, representing Chesed, Givura, and Tferes. And Tferes is represented by Yaakov and Esav. So therefore, that was Esav's job. But that is a job that has to be accomplished, you see. So even if Esau fails, somebody has to do it instead of Esau. Because that is a very important part of the Tikkun, you see. So therefore, if Esau fails, and like I said, to fail to do what? To subdue and destroy the Satan by remaining righteous, then somebody else has to do his job. Now, the way Esau would do it, of course, is that he would be an Ishsodeh, a man of the field. And therefore, what he would do is go out and, you know, just stay, in many ways, stay among people. But he would remain a tzaddik, righteous. And therefore, he would be able to impoverish the sultan from what the Satan took in all in the Kedusha, uh, you see, <clears throat> that the Satan took the 
not the uh, what's called the sparks of holiness from the 2,000 years from Adam until Avram Avino. And, uh, and, and uh, Esav, by remaining a tzaddik, could have taken back all the sparks of holiness from the Satan, and then the Satan himself would be tremendously subdued. <clears throat> so, the question is, who's going to do that if Esav becomes a Russia? And the answer to that is, what God did was an incredible thing. He took Yaakov Avinu, who was on the right side of Tferes, and he put him also on the left side of Tferes. That means Yaakov went piggyback. Means Yaakov did his job, which is to bring down holiness by learning Torah. And, in, and besides that, uh, Yaakov Avinu now also took the job of Esau. You see, so Yaakov now took on two different jobs. One was the old job of bringing down holiness, uh, <clears throat> you see. And the second job is that he would now have to go into the field among the non-religious and evil people. He would therefore have to remain righteous. And therefore, he would take out all the sparks of holiness that gives the Satan the power, he would then take it all out of the hands of the Satan, uh, and ultimately he would subdue the Satan. So therefore, we find Yaakov Avinu taking over the job of Esav, which is remarkable. Now, in order to do that, obviously, Yaakov Avinu had to leave his house. So we now understand why Yaakov Avinu had to leave the house of Yitzchok and go to the house of Lavan, Lovan. Because there he would be able to remain righteous and take away the tremendous koyach of the sudden by remaining a tremendous sadik. And that's what he did. After he took the brachot from uh, Yitzchak, he had to leave to Lavan. Why? Because he had now taken over the job of Esau. You see, it's a remarkable concept. And therefore, he now became the Ish Soder, the man of the field. Because he took over the job of Esau. So that's what he does. He goes to the house of Lovin, and he has to remain righteous. Even though Lovin is a tremendous Russia, you see. And he had to remain there for many, many years doing that job. Now, <clears throat> what is interesting is this. Every person has a, what's called a partner, his wife. And both are assigned as a team to a specific mission. That's what a, a wife is. She's not just a woman to have children. She's part of the mission of the husband to do whatever he has to do in the spiritual realms. Now, therefore, Yaakov, as an of, <clears throat> to do his pashtas kedusha, to bring down holiness, he has a wife for that job as part of the team. Who is that wife? Rochel. That's really who she was. 
Rochel was part of Yaakov Avinu, the wife of Yaakov Avinu, that would team up with him to bring down holiness. You see. Now, Esau also obviously has to have a woman, a wife, that would assist him also in destroying the Satan. So who would that be? And the answer to that is Leah. Leah was destined to marry Esau in order to help him destroy the Satan. You see. And that's why we see, that's why it says that Leah had very soft eyes because she cried a great deal. And Rashi brings down, because she knew, they used to say in the house of Lovin, well, Rochel uh, is going to marry, uh, uh, is going to marry Yaakov, and Leah is going to marry Esau. But Esau is a tremendous Russia, and Leah remained a tremendous Sadekis. So she cried terribly, the fact that she was destined to be the wife of Esau. Now, what's interesting about all this is that we, we now know that Asa failed. He became a Russia. So his ability to do the tikkun was removed. And it was given over to Yaakov Avino to be able to do the tikkun of destroying the Satan. If that's the case, then Yaakov needs a wife to help him do that. You see? So therefore, Yaakov married Leah. You see how it works? So Yaakov, since he took over the job of Esau, now had to marry the teammate that was supposed to go to Esau. So he now had to marry Leah. You think about it, it's it's incredible. And that is why Yaakov married Rochel because Yaakov still had his original job. So he still needed a wife. In those days, you could marry more than one woman. And each woman will assist the husband to do a specific, uh, you know, agency. Uh, so the agency or the shlichos of Yaakov to do the hispashtis kedusha would be Rochel. <clears throat> and the woman that would assist Yaakov in taking over the job of Esau would be Leah. You see? That's the way it works. So therefore he married Leah. First he married, uh, you know, well, we'll see in a minute. But he married Rochel, and obviously he married Leah. And that is why Yaakov had two wives, or at least two wives. That they took the, 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 the sisters of Rochel and Leah was Bilal and Zilpah. So he married them also. You see, but the main idea is that Yaakov, who took over the job of Esau, now had to marry the wife of Esau, or rather the woman that would have married Esau, Leah. However, what's interesting now is this, is we find, and now we begin to understand who Rachel was, you see, in the whole concept of the Mabel like I said, what happened? Well, obviously, Yaakov wanted to marry Rachel, but what happened in the Torah? We find that Lovon switched Rachel for Leah, and he told, you know, and he was going to deceive 
Yaakov, because Yaakov would work seven years for Rachel. So Lovin obviously wanted more work from Yaakov, because Yaakov was a tremendous worker. But what's more important is that when Yaakov did a job, it would bring tremendous bracha, blessing, because that's what Yaakov did. That was tremendous tzaddik. So he increased enormously the flocks of Lovin, you see. So therefore, Lovin decided to deceive Yaakov. So what does he do? You see, he gives Leah as the bride to Yaakov. And he's hoping that Yaakov will not realize under the chuppah that it is not Rochel, but it is Leah, obviously. So she has this veil over her head, and Yaakov assumes it's Rochel. But he doesn't know. Instead, who was it really? It was really Leah, you see. But what happens? Which is very important. Now remember the job of Rochel and Leah. The job of Rochel is to assist Yaakov in Kedusha, holiness, not connected with evil. And the job of Leah was to have helped Esau, right, to the job of subduing evil, you see, to deal with the Satan, to in some way diminish his ability. And that was the job of Leah, you see. But what was interesting is that Yaakov marries Leah. He thought it was Rachel, which we know. And of course, the next day, or whatever it was, he realized that Lovin deceived him, and he gave him instead Leah, you see. So all of a sudden we find Leah has what? That Leah now became a team with Yaakov of Kedusha, not Sotan. And we find that Rachel has now become a woman that was really part of the job of Yaakov to subdue evil. So the question is, how in the world did that happen? Since we know that Rochel originally was to help Yaakov bring Kedusha, and Leah was to help Esau subdue, subdue the Satan. But now we find that Leah is in the concept called Hispashtas Kedusha, and not subduing evil. How do we see that? Because Leah had Yehuda. And Yehuda is the forerunner of Mashiach ben David. And Mashiach ben David, right, his job is to bring down Kedusha, holiness into the world. Who had Yehuda? It was Leah, not Rochel. And we find that Rochel had Yosef, who was the forerunner of Mashiach ben Yosef. And the job of Yosef was to do what? Was to subdue evil. You see, because that's the whole job of Mashiach ben Yosef. It's a subdue evil, which means he goes against the nations of the world. And, he, and in a certain sense, he transforms the world from evil to good. And then Mashiach ben David brings down the rest of the holiness. You see, so that's what we find. Uh, that Leah actually became the, what's called the consort of Yaakov of Kedusha, not a clipper or a sotan, you see. And that's what he originally was. And Rochel, which was originally in Kedusha, right? And so Leah had 
Yehuda, which is the forum Sheikh and David, Kedusha. And then uh, Rachel, she was originally Kedusha, and now we find she has Yosef, Sheikh and Yosef, the forerunner. And his job is, of course, to fight with the Satan and destroy the Satan. So the question is, how did that happen? How did this switch happen? That is a very good question. Because we now find, like I said, that each woman has now reversed or changed the roles of what they originally were. And the answer to that is very interesting. And the the Orachayim actually hints at what the answer is. Because when Yaakov married Leah, he thought it was Rachel. So when Yaakov went to be with his wife, he didn't know that it was Leah. He thought it was Rachel. So what he did is that his kavona, because Sadiqim have tremendous kavona when they are with their wives. So when he was with Leah, he thought it was Rachel. So his intent, being together intimacy with Leah, was to invest her with the, the agency of Rachel, which is Kedusha. So by doing that, he created a tremendous Shefa, tremendous divine force of Kedusha, which means the job of bringing down Kedusha, into the woman that he thought was Rachel, but was really Leah. So it comes out that the role of Leah switched. Originally, she was supposed to be with Esau, right? And as such, she would be involved with Esau in terms of Kedusha, in terms of uh, subduing evil. Um, but Yaakov, being with Leah, after the Chuppah, he thought it was Rachel. So his intention, being with Rachel, was that she should help him bring down Kedusha. But the problem was, is that it wasn't Rachel. It was Leah. So he actually changed the role of Leah into a role of bringing down Kedusha, you see. And therefore Leah winds up having, uh, winds up hap, uh, having the forerunner Mashiach ben David, which of course is Yehuda. You see? And that's, it's, that's incredible. This is what happened. Now, once Leah is now has the role of a, a sort of Mashiach ben David, which means to bring down Kedusha, therefore she now has Yehuda, you see. But once she has that role, then Rachel automatically gets the other role, you see. And that role is what? Is to destroy the Sultan, or in some way to diminish evil. So what is remarkable is that these two women, who initially had completely different roles than they used to have, you see, Leah was with Esau and Rochel was with Yaakov, and now the roles were switched because Yaakov Avinu did not realize that the woman he married was Leah, but really it was really Leah, but it was supposed to be Rochel. So his intent was that this woman that he is being with, living with, should help him in Kedusha. So he invested tremendous Shefa 
of Kiddusha in Leo, thinking it was Rachel. You see how it came about? Uh, so therefore, what happens now is, is that Leo now has the job, so to speak, of helping Yaakov bring down Kiddusha, and, and Rochel, that's Leo, and Rochel has the job of, uh, of uh, subduing the Satan to diminish that, you see. And that is a very important switch to happen, you see. <clears throat> now, the concept of Rochel has now changed, where Rochel is now involved in subduing and diminishing and destroying the Satan. And that is why we now find Rochel, you see, that Rochel is the one that redeems or gets the Jews out of the Klippah. You see, because the Klippah is the Sutton. So the one who can somehow redeem the Jews, right, from the Satan, is Rochel, not Leah, because she now has the job that Leah originally had to be the consort of Esav, she now has the job of, of uh, to be the consort of Esav, she now has the previous job of Leah to fight the Satan. And therefore she gives birth, like I said, to Yosef HaTzadik. And Yosef HaTzadik, of course, is involved with um, the, uh, the ability to go into the Klippah, just like Yosef went into Egypt and subdued Egypt. So that power comes from Rochel, you see. So therefore, Rochel now has assumed a new role, that she is the one who deals with the Satan. She deals with the Klippa, and Rochel is able to help the Jews overcome the Klippa, which really, as far as we're concerned, is really the Geula itself is the redemption. You see. <clears throat> now, what is important, and I'll mention this, is that in order for Yaakov to be fooled by Lovin, right, Yaakov knew that Lovin would switch. Yaakov was a very, very bright person. And he knew Lovin was a fraud. That Lovin would switch Leah Rochel for Leah. So what he did is he told Leah a secret password. I should say he told Rochel a secret password. And that underneath the chuppah, what Yaakov would do is ask his bride, who he thinks is Rochel, for the password. Now, Lovin doesn't know what that is. Uh, so therefore, what would happen is, is that Leah, or Leah, who obviously would not know the password, Yaakov would immediately find out that the whole thing is a fraud. But Rochel had Rachmonis on Leah, which is incredible. She felt sorry for Leah because if she would marry, if Rochel would marry Yaakov, then Leah would be stuck. Who would she marry? Because Asa became a Russia. So in effect, who would she marry? So what she did is unheard of. She told the password that Yaakov told her in order to make sure that Lovin doesn't deceive Yaakov. Rochel actually told the password to Leah, you see. So that in many ways, 
she was part of the plot, the conspiracy, to fool Yaakov. And now she knew eventually that even though Yaakov would marry Leah, she knew that she would also... Well, actually, that itself is a very good question, you know. But she felt terribly sorry for Leah, and therefore she told Leah the password. Now, the amazing thing is that Rochel took a terrible chance because it would have been possible, imagine if Yaakov would find out, which he eventually did, uh, that he married Leah instead of Rochel. But then, of course, the question is, how did this woman, Leah, know the password? And, of course, he would realize that Rochel told Leah the password. So there was a great possibility that Yaakov would reject Rochel and say, I'm not going to marry you. I don't trust you. If this is what you did to me, I'm not going to marry you. And what that would have meant is that Rocha would have been the spinster. But more important, she would never have been the aim. She would never have been the mother and part of the Jewish people. Because Yaakov would not marry her. She would have no shvatim. She would, she would not be part of the Jewish people, you see. So what Rocha was doing was taking a terrible chance you see, uh, that she would not be part of the Jewish people. And as a result of that, you know, that's it. She's a spinster. But Rochel didn't care, and she told Leah the password anyway. What that did is it created a very interesting thing. Since Leah, or I should say since Rochel, was incredibly righteous, what she did is she sacrificed herself, you see, in order to help her sister and not be jealous that her sister would marry Yaakov. So she put herself in a position of tremendous sacrifice, you see. And because of that, that's a very important idea. In other words, since she allowed herself to sacrifice herself for the sake of Mida, the Mida of not being jealous by um, Leah marrying Yaakov, which is her, her, was supposed to be her husband. And so she exhibited the ability to suffer and to sacrifice herself for the sake of what is right. And that is why Rochel is the one who redeems the Jewish people, you see, because she sacrificed herself. So God said, since you sacrifice yourself, therefore the redemption of the Jewish people will be dependent on you and not Leah. Because you obviously have the capacity to sacrifice yourself for the Jewish people, for your children. And therefore Rochel becomes the mother of the Jewish people because of that incredible midah of being able to sacrifice herself, you know, and suffer for the sake of the Jewish people, for the sake of her children. And that is why she is the mother of Israel, and not Leah. That's why she's considered. Because a mother gives herself up for her children. <clears throat> you see, and that is why when the Jews were exiled to Babylon, they passed her grave, in Beis Lechem, and that's why she died there, so the Jews should pass her gravesite. 
on the way to Babylon, and they prayed at her gravesite. And it says in the Medrash that everybody was trying to save the Jewish people. They were trying to, in some way, offer some type of a merit. But God rejected all their claims. So the Medrash says that Rachel came in front of the heavenly tribunal, and she was successful. Why? Because everybody was trying to save the Jewish people based on dinam, justice. But God said, nope, the, the decree is that the Jews have to suffer exile, you see, for all time until the Mashiach. That's the decree, you see. <clears throat> However, so God did not listen to any of the defenses of Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, right, Moshe, Aaron, Shlomo, and Mushmol, and so on. But when Rochel stood in front of the heavenly tribunal, her argument won. Why? Because Rochel said, look, the Jews worship idols. That is true. But why should you be jealous of that? I was not jealous <clears throat> with my sister. I willingly gave my sister the password that she, should, she could marry Yaakov Avino. You see? And I was not jealous. So I went lefnim Sadin. I went beyond the measure of justice. I didn't have to do this. Of course not. Uh, so I demonstrated <clears throat> what's called lefnim Sadin, <clears throat> beyond the measure of justice. So therefore, in that merit, please go beyond the measure of justice and bring the Jews back. You see? So God said, you're right. <clears throat> because you exhibited beyond the measure of justice, and you willingly gave yourself, you sacrificed yourself, so that your sister Leah should not be terribly embarrassed and be a, a spinster. And therefore, in that merit, since you sacrificed yourself, I will give, I will bring back the Jews, not at the time of the Mashiach, but after 70 years. You see, and therefore, Rochel Imenu has become the mother of the Jewish people because she exhibited what a mother does to give her life or happiness for the sake of a child. You see, uh, and therefore, Rochel Imenu, people go to Rochel Imenu to pray because she is considered the mother of Israel. And that's why God says, you know, wipe away your tears. You see, because in your merit, Jews will come back. So that's who Rachel really is. We now understand that she took over the role of Leah because of the whole incident of Leah marrying Yaakov. And because of that, she has the power to redeem the Jewish people from the people because of what she did. And therefore, she gave birth to Yosef at Tzaddik who obviously went to Egypt and suffered at the hands of the Sultan, the Klippa. And that's the power of the Bnei Rochel. That is the power of Rochel and her children to, in some way, subdue the Satan, the Sultan, you see. And that is the secret of why Rochel Imenu's Yotzeit is a Yotzeit, Yudal of Cheshwan, why it is such an important Yotzeit. Because at that Yotzeit, Right when she died in Beis Lechem, she has the power to redeem the Jewish people. 
And in the end of time, that's what's going to happen. She has that power. And I pointed out last week, right, that Yudhav Cheshmer was October 22nd, 1942, which was the turnaround of World War II, which is the Klippa, Amalek, Germany. So she actually had the power to turn around the entire World War II with the Jews, with war, like I say, turned around, and that was the beginning of the end of Germany. And it was Rochel Imeno, you see. And I mentioned also that October uh, 18th, 1946, was the beginning of the Nuremberg trials. And not only that, the collapse of the Soviet Union, I mentioned, also happened on November 9th, which was Ural Cheshwin. See, this is all the Klippa that collapsed. All happened on the your side of Rochel Imeno. It was the power of Rochel, you see. So we now understand, you know, who Rochel is, originally what her origin is between Yaakov and Esau, and the, the power that she has to save the Jewish people, you see. And let's hope, uh, you know, the same thing, that on uh, today, which is the marble, which was supposed to happen on Yudah of Cheshvan, that this also will also help the Jews overturn the Klippa of the radical left and bring, allow America, Trump, to, in many ways, help the Jewish people in their redemption. Any questions? Very interesting. What was that? It's very interesting. Isn't it? So, uh, who's the Rafael Imenu now? Who is it now? <clears throat> well, Rafael Imenu is in heaven, you know. Hanishama is able to do that. Uh-huh. You know. Who's Gilgul? What? Who's her Gilgul? That is unknown. Anna and her seven sons, she cried for her children. No. Yes. So she's the one who cries for her children. Exactly. But she has that power. So when you go to the Kever of Rochlimenu, I don't know if they're letting people in. I think it was closed because of COVID, you know. So one can affect a tremendous Yeshua from Rachel because that's her power. Her power is to help anybody caught in the Kitrugim, the prosecutions of the Sultan. That is her power, you see. How long do you think it's going to last until they until they announce or that Trump won? Like, how long do you think this is going to go on? Well, it's a whole court case. It's hard to know. It's oh, certainly going to be many, it's going to be many days. That's for sure, because it's got to go all the way up to the Supreme Court. They really have to analyze the whole all the election laws, because a lot of the laws are tremendously arbitrary. Election laws, you see. And this whole thing is a fiasco. It's incredible how they can allow mail-in ballots. Because the whole thing is a fiasco. It's really what it is, you know. Rabbi? Yes. Could it possibly be 40 days of rain, which is like, like the bubble started? So 40 days until we announce the presidency? Could it, that Maybe. be possibly midah, midah? Maybe. 
Could be. And rabbis do and that. And Hanukkah. Yeah. So we, we, you were saying like a few weeks ago, Keshvan is when he, he, the, the process starts, and the next month is when he, he announces himself. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Could be, yeah. So that would be Hanukkah. That would be around Hanukkah time, 40 days after. Well, I know, I, well, I know the, the uh, when is December 14th? Is that Hanukkah? Yes, it is. Wait, I'll tell you in a minute. Is that a calendar? I, I know the electoral, I know the electoral college. De- December um, 10th wow, is that's the first night of Hanukkah. The 14th is, yeah. uh, is Hanukkah. Day. It's, Monday, so, yeah, that's Hanukkah. I know the yeah. Electoral College gets together uh, on December 14th, which is Hanukkah. Yeah, maybe. That would be the, interesting. The, the 40 days would be December 12th. Yeah, which is, uh, which is December 12th. Yeah. It's cause uh, Friday oh, wait, night so the, Hanukkah and then... Oh, it starts Thursday night. Thursday. It's the Shabbat yeah, of Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The other, so it's, it's, it's a good possibility. Then it's a I possibility. Was, oh, I'd say I certainly hope it doesn't take 40 days. Rabbi, I think, this country, I, I think Rabbi, the country will go crazy. Oh, you but, gave a, and uh, it was Joe Lieberman. And his election got held up 40 days. And you said it was like the Betin Shomala. Maybe now yeah. up in Zion they're prosecuting and advocating for Am Yisrael. Yes, that's right. It's again. Yes, that's right, yeah. There's no question that in heaven there's a tremendous uh, court trial happening up here now. Oh, yeah, sure. What to do with Trump? Because the Satan is up there screaming, you know, uh, trying to say that no, that the Jews don't deserve this because there's a lot of sins of the Jews and so on. So there's no question that there's a tremendous court case in heaven. What to do with America? What to do with the Tushabes of? No question about that. You know, and we are witnessing that today. You know, Rabbi, I also. Yeah that in Israel last night there was a red moon. Is that a significance of anything? There was a red moon, yes, well, a red moon because it was an eclipse of the moon, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, so that's not a good sign for the Jewish people. Say that again, repeat. What did you say? Well, a red moon is not a good sign for the Jewish people. Any eclipse of the moon is not a good sign. Yeah, we just had a blue moon on Saturday night. What's a blue moon? There was a blue moon on Saturday night in uh, in uh, in America. The blue night of moon? Halloween. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I never saw a blue moon. Today in Israel, Rabbi, yeah? being that it was the day of the Mabul, there were two rainbows all over Israel. Two huge rainbows. There was? Yeah. That's interesting because there's a medrash, by the way, that says that before the Mashiach comes, right, it says that there will be a spectacular rainbow. I could send you a picture of it. My friend took it in Israel. Wow. wow. I heard there was a tremendous lightning storms in Israel. 
there's huge rainstorms, like major rain. But that's a bracha, rain. Yes, rain is a tremendous bracha for Israel, yes. Yes, so maybe that is, maybe that's a turnaround, you know. So if, if, if Rachel took over Leah's job, which was yes. the meat of Esav, yes. if Donald Trump is the tov of Esav, maybe, God willing, she's doing her job in Shemayim now, because that's technically part of her job as his me. Yes. Supposedly. Yes, that would be true. You know, that, that, that uh, well, Donald Trump, because he's uh, uh, the Toshiba of certainly would be within the the uh, camp of, of Rochel. Definitely. He would be part of that concept. You see. So that could be happening. Yes. Definitely. You see, I yeah. heard someone say that they that they said Ivanka was um, a Gilgul of Root. Did you ever hear that? Um, no, I never heard that. I don't think so. But I, I thought I I once had a thought that maybe Ivanka is a Gilgul of Esther. That's what I think. Oh not, wow! Not not Rus. I once had that thought. Wow. Yeah, because she does help redeem through her husband. She, you know, she yeah, moves. exactly. Yeah, that's right. You know, so you never know. You know, maybe that's maybe that's really what's going on. You know. Grandpa, imagine if Hashem makes a miracle and Joe Biden dies before they tally the election. And what happens? No, that's not good. Well, if he dies then before Kamala the election. Then will be president. Exactly. Oh, that would be horrible. So, of course. That's worse than Biden. That's not how it works. President Why? Not if, if, if Joe Biden dies, it's not how it works. How does it work? It never happened in history. It would be unprecedented, and they would have to go to Supreme Court to decide. There's no law yeah. right now what happens if he dies. But it doesn't go to Kamala. Does not go to Kamala. He's not president yet. He can't go to Kamala. No, he wouldn't. It would. Ha- he would have to be. The question is, what happens if he was nominated and then he died? So that would be an interesting question. You know, because the VP usually would take over. But it, that. But, but what happens if it's before the inauguration? And he's not sworn in. That would be an interesting question. Court. Then it goes to the Supreme Court. Yeah, that makes sense. That one makes a lot of sense, yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting. That would be a miracle. Let him kick the bucket tonight. Yeah, but it's much better if Biden loses and he watches himself lose because he's a very evil person. He took bribes for 30 years. And he got up yesterday before they counted the thing. Oh, we're very confident I'm going to win. I'm going to bed now. Who does that? Oh, there was a joke. Uh, breaking news, Joe Biden announces that Trump can keep the White House. I'll keep the basement. He, Biden wants the basement. It's very bad, Rabbi. I don't know what's going to be. Wow. Well. The what? What do you, Rabbi, so yeah. right now... All we should be doing is just sitting back and watching. We shouldn't attach to the fear that's going on around us. 
No, because it's anyway all in the hands of God. Something as momentous as what will happen to America is not an accident. All of this is in the hands of God. So the question is this. Are we watching the window close more, which I mentioned is what happens? So obviously when the window closes more, there's more darkness. Is that what we're watching? Is that there has to be more darkness to the Jewish people? Or are we watching the end of the window closing and it's going to spring or the gate will spring open when Trump is elected president? That is the question that we have to ask. Are we in for another ride of darkness or no? It looks like it's about to close and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Trump will win. It's the same thing that happened in 2016, where out of nowhere he won. And everybody was shocked, you see. So it could very well happen again, same thing. So you have to sit back and watch what exactly does it mean, you see? Is it a further closing of the window? Or this is something that will precede the gates opening wide open and that then is the beginning of the messianic era see you know what i was thinking rabbi i was thinking that like this waiting period that we're in is like um filled with fear and anxiety but that is uh is clearing out is like purifying us so that when trump does get reelected, uh as uh, we've are more progressed with the tikkun that the mashiach can come in, step in, and, and do its job. Uh, yeah, that's certainly a possibility. Like when we had Pacha Mavit, that, that helped. So, like, now we don't have a Mavit right now, but we have a lot of, we're all just so yeah. uncertain. Yeah, but you should know one thing. It's not just America. The whole world is collapsing. What's going on in Europe is incredible. You know, they just locked down the whole England for four weeks. And then Rome and France, the COVID is rising all over the world, you see. So we're watching a tremendous period of pain. That's really what COVID does. Even if it doesn't kill, it brings an enormous amount of suffering. And all of this ultimately is an atonement, it's a kapara. That's really what you're watching. The question is, what is the end of this? Like I say... Will it get much worse and continue? Because evil has not fulfilled yet its ability to do evil. Because even evil, doing evil has a measurement. And then God destroys it. Or are we watching right before the opening of the gate? That is the question. And will it soon be answered in terms of what's going to happen with Trump and the Supreme Court, you know? Rabbi, do you think that there's going to be major civil wars going to happen? Uh, well, a, a civil war in the sense that <clears throat> there could be. Somebody told me that there were 17 million guns that were sold in this year. Yeah, and yesterday also there was a huge spike in ammunition uh, sales. Yeah, well, that tells you that people are arming themselves. <clears throat> which tells you that people are ready for a rebellion. 
which is very bad news. <clears throat> and that tells you the one who's ready, I'm sure, is the right, not the left, because they will not allow America to, uh, to go into, uh, uh, to become a socialist, communist country. And there are many people that are not going to allow that. So you may have states, Republican states, that want to secede from the Union. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But that means that people, because people realize that <clears throat> there will be a tremendous movement by Biden to defund the police, which means a tremendous rise in crime, you see. And that's what we're seeing. That's what's going to happen with Biden, you see. So everybody is now arming themselves. That is a very dangerous situation. Very dangerous. Yeah, it's amazing. Protesting and beating Manhattan. What was that? In Manhattan, they're already protesting and burning down and rioting in the city now as we speak. We're in Manhattan? They're doing that? And yeah. also, what do you think about uh, Vienna with the guy shooting people in front of the shul? Thank God they, the shul was closed, but they were murdering people. Yes. Do they know why? Yesterday, there was an Islamic crazy guy went to the shul to start shooting, but the shul was closed. The security guard shot back, and then he went to the next door. It was a restaurant. It wasn't kosher, and he murdered people and kept going about and killing more people and injuring them. The whole world is cr going crazy. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Just, yeah. And it, was, it just happened that the Chabad, because of COVID the night before, decided because they were not busy that they were going to close early that night. So luckily that they were closed because otherwise they would have gotten killed that night. Where, in Vienna? In Vienna. Wow, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, look, it's a dangerous world. Well, listen, hopefully the zero will end. And God will Amen. say, enough is enough. Amen. And begin, and begin the gula. Amen. Begin the redemption. You know? Listen, you have to remember that same thing happened in Egypt. Right? They were surrounded by the Egyptian army. And they all thought they were finished. You know? And, uh, and all of a sudden, in, in the blink of an eye, the sea split. And they went through and the Egyptians were killed. So you never know. This could be the Keherifian that all of a sudden it looks like everything is about to end and in the blink of an eye all of a sudden the Yeshua comes. Who knows if that's what's happening. You see. Okay, great. Now, are we back? What was that? Are we back on Monday? Yes. We'll go back to Monday? Yeah, we'll go back to Monday. It's good. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you, Very Rabbi. nice. Okay. Thank you, Rabbi. Have a good night. Have a good night, and uh, let's just, uh, you know, be aware. You understand the underpinnings in Hashkof of what's happening. So now you can be aware of what's going on. We do in the meantime. In the meantime, do, mit do mitzvahs. Any special prayers you recommend? You could say Tilam, sure. What, like, yeah. tikkun what was that? Yeah, that's always good to say. The ten, the ten chapters, the ten, 
uh, chapters of Tilim by Rab Nachman. That's always yeah, very good. Every day. Yeah, that's very good to say. So, which is there any mitzvah in particular that you think um, would 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 help? Yeah, I always recommend the mitzvah of Shmina Talashon to stop yeah, the Satan's Kitrugim. Yes, I always recommend that. Yeah. 